So we are going to read from John chapter 14, verses 1 to 1 through 6. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. So these are the words of Jesus as he was living on the face of this earth. You know, he spoke the word of God. He spoke what the heavenly father wanted him to speak. And now we come across a very significant, very important portion in the gospel of John, John chapter 14. So we are going to read six verses. Let's start John chapter 14 verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know what? You can read, read together so that will help you. Verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Verse 5. Thomas said to him, one of the disciples of Lord Jesus, Thomas, he said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So John chapter 14 is a very crucial chapter, you know, before the crucifixion of Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, as he was speaking to the disciples, he was bringing an amazing truth through these couple of verses. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as, Do You Know the Way? Can you say that with me? Do you know the way? In the previous chapter, chapter 13, Jesus was talking to the disciples about his death. He was saying that, you know, I have been with you all along and now it is time that I need to go to my father. And he said that the earthly ministry is going to end. I've been serving people all along. I've been speaking to them. I'm, I'm, I've been, you know, serving them. I've been healing the sick. I've been doing all kind of things to drive them or to lead them to the Father in heaven. But now earthly ministry is coming to an end. It is time that I need to go to my Father. And he was getting the disciples prepared for the hour. You know, you can imagine Jesus leading all the 12 disciples for three and a half years. And now he's saying that I'm going to go away. You remember some of those disciples were fishermen. Some of those disciples were tax collectors. Now they can't even go to their business. You know, they have been following Jesus and now Jesus is saying, I'm going to go to my father. And Jesus also said, one among you is going to betray me. He was talking about Judas. He's going to betray me. And he also said, Peter is going to deny me. And hearing all these things, you know, the cumulative weight of these revelations greatly depressed the heart of disciples. Knowing this, Jesus started saying in chapter 14, the first thing Jesus says in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, I bring Jesus is trying to bring comfort in their lives. Jesus is trying to bring comfort in their lives. 
for those who are living in troublesome world the words of Jesus let not your heart be troubled you know I believe that brings a great comfort today the world is going through great turmoil we all know about it the turmoil of pandemic as I said every week there are 30,000 lives are lost from the face of this earth you know which we would have never seen in our lifetime many hearts are depressed you know pandemic can bring so much of distress so much of stress in our lives you know fear and worry about of us getting into health issues fear and worry of you know our beloved our loved ones getting into this health trouble financial situation job conditions and you know we don't know when the health uh, when the when the help or the support system or support that we get from the government we don't know when that they are going to stop that changes in our sleep pattern changes in our eating habit you know there are times that we find it difficult to sleep there are times we keep thinking about what the world is going through right now we are able to we are unable to concentrate you know the health problems are worsening you know doctors are saying as we go through the pandemic people are not really taking care of their health conditions there is a worsening of chronic health conditions there is worsening of mental health conditions you know people increase their tobacco usage people increase their uh, alcohol usage people are you know trying to get something out of you know this world so that that can keep them happy in the midst of all the trials and the troubles that they have been going through we have been going through Jesus is saying let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me you know today when we hear about someone who is going through a terrible life terrible condition or when people are living from the face of this earth our heart is troubled I don't know about you but you know my heart really troubles when I see the statistics that so many people are losing their lives from the face of this earth it really troubles us and I could imagine a couple of things if I imagine this with Allah come along with me if a sailor who has gone to the sea and you could not find his way to come come home for many days how much the wife of his, his wife's heart would have been troubled he went to the sea but he never came back you know there are people they have gone to the sea for months and together months together they could not come back how much their hearts would would, 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 would be struggling few weeks back you know I remember a boy from India he drowned himself in the chocolate lake and you can imagine how much his parents heart would have been troubled at that moment when we see our loved ones suffering our loved one going through terminal illness illnesses cancer you know various other kind of kind of conditions and diseases our hearts really ache you know they we know that they are going to die but you know we see them struggling every day day in and day out and our hearts really ache when the love of your heart married you for more than a decade decides to separate saying that I don't like you anymore how our heart is troubled how much our heart is troubled our heart have been hearts have been troubled so much when we face such challenges in our lives Jesus was with the disciples for three and a half years and now he is telling them that I'm going to go to my father 
How much trouble that would have caused to these disciples to hear that Jesus is going to leave them and who is going to go away. That caused a great distress in the minds of disciples. And they, were, they could not even handle it. They were finding it so difficult to handle. In that troubled condition, Jesus is telling, listen to me, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, in those troubled moments of our lives, moments of our lives, Jesus is telling us what he said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I'm reading from NIV. Bible says, can you read that with me? Jesus is telling us, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I know that you have been handling this situation just by yourself. You have been handling this situation all along in your life just by yourself. And God is telling this morning, you come to me and you lay down your heavy heart. I will give you rest. You know, there are times that we are filled with sorrow. We come and kneel down and when we pray, we lay our burden at the feet of God. And then we find, we see a great release, great freedom in our spirit. Those who are listening to me this morning, today you may be going through something in your life. You may be going through a troubled situation in your life. Your mind may be so dull this morning, but God is telling you, let your, not, let your heart not be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Just believe in God. And Jesus is telling you to believe in him also. And Jesus understood the disciples' trouble and their heartache. And he said in verse 2, let's move further, verse 2, he says, In my father's house, if we can read that together, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. First aspect that we talked about this morning was comfort. The second aspect that we see here is safety. Can you say safety? When you move to a new place, you know, the first thing that you want to make sure that you have a place to dwell. You want to make sure that you have a house to reside in. How long you can stay in Airbnb? Thank God for Airbnb, right? How long you can stay in hotels? You want to make sure that you have a roof over your head. Someone said, if you have a family that loves you, if you have a family that loves you, a few good friends around you, food on the table, and a roof over your head, you are richer than you think. I mean, that's so true. We don't realize this. We have this. But we still say that, I am so poor. You know, we are so good in singing that song every time. And we have a rhythm too. We have a music also to that song. We go to everybody and say that, I am so poor. I don't have money. Have you come across people singing that song over and over again? They have good bank balance, right? Now, if not, you know, he says, someone who has written this, he says, if you have a family, you have food on your table, and you have a roof over your head, you are richer than you think. There are people who are living without all this on the earth. There are people who do not have all this, but God has blessed us. Someone else said, as long as you have a roof over your head, we are talking about safety. As long as you have a roof over your head, clothes on your back, and food on your table, 
and those around you who love you have all you will ever need that's all you need <coughs> there's no complaint that's all you need and I look at each of you and I know that God has given you that you know but when you think about the list another list you have I don't have all these things in my life you have a big list with you but God has given all this in your life God has blessed us God has given us his health God has given us wealth and life now Jesus is saying in verse 2 in my father's house there are many mansions looks like it's a big bungalow right mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you when he says father's house I believe he is referring to heaven <coughs> that's where the father is <coughs> father God and son Jesus and the Spirit of God father's father is in heaven and Jesus says in my father's house there are many mansions that simply means there are dwelling places in heaven when we go to heaven we are not going to just sit on the streets right when we go to heaven there are dwelling places in heaven you know the most frightening situation of life or I would say the most unanswered question of life that ever asked is what will happen when I die where will I go when I close my eyes here on earth what will happen when I die because nobody knows because we have never been there have you any of you been there have any of you died and came back no right we've never been there we believe and we hear but we've never been there and I used to think that you know when we are there what do we think you know how do we will you be able to turn back will you be able to see us so many questions we have now recently a girl asked me this question can you tell me what will happen when we die because my mother died a couple of years before I want to know where she is that may be the same question for you many of you too a couple of your dear ones they died years before or recently you want to know we want to know where are they right now today as we speak there are more than 5,000 people are dying and many of them do not know where they are going to be when they die you know we are trying to answer we are trying to find an answer for an important question from the words of Jesus Jesus is promising a life after death safety and security of our soul you know we know that we are made of body spirit and soul and we all know that when we die we cannot carry our body to heaven you know it's so heavy and during this pandemic it has become more heavier right more heavy now it has become heavier now certainly you cannot carry your body to heaven but what will happen our body will perish but our spirit will go to God from him from whom the spirit came to us and there is something known as soul inside of us and where is the soul inside of us have anybody found any of the doctors any of the surgeons whether they could find the soul where the soul is it is somewhere inside of us and we say that that soul is the inner man that soul is the real ball and what you see outside is a shell right and we spend so much of time for that shell just to make up just to decorate just to make that you know very good in appearance we do all these things but the reality is somewhere inside of us is our soul and life on this earth is so fleeting 
It's all passing. You know, it's just like a speeding train. It just we see that it's coming on our way, and within a few seconds it is gone. That's how the life is. The life is like a smoke. It just gets and it eventually gets smeared into the into the atmosphere. We don't see it anymore. That's how the life is. It's very brief and very temporary. But the life that we are living in our body is capable of living in heaven even though our body dies on the face of this earth. Listen to me very carefully. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4, reading from NLT, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 4, while we, I want you to understand this, read along with me, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of those bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. That simply means when we die, when our body is buried, and God takes the soul and he takes us, take the soul into eternity. Jesus is saying, I am preparing a place for you. When we are done in this world, I will take you home. In verse 3, he says, let's go to verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said that in my father's house, there are many mansions. And he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, he comforted the disciples. And secondly, he assured safety. And thirdly, he is giving hope. Can you say hope? He's saying, I will come back again and receive you to myself. You remember Jesus went, went to heaven and Jesus is going to come back to this world to take those who belong to him to heaven. You know, in the midst of hopelessness, these words would have given hope to the disciples. Those words gave confidence to the disciples that he is going to heaven and he's going to do something good and he's going to come back and he's going to take me heaven this jesus who went to heaven is going to come back you know that's my hope and your hope he's going to come back to this world and bible says even if you die before he comes back we will rise we will rise because jesus rose from the dead we will also rise along with him you know according to many theologians john chapter 14 3 this is the only place in the gospel Bible talks about his coming, his secret coming or the rapture. He comes and picks his people to heaven. John chapter 14 verse 3. That's what we just read just, just now. Let's read that again. And if I go and prepare a place for you, <coughs> I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You know, today when we lose our loved ones, we get into deep sorrow. We start worrying so much you know, about their life. You know, even though we thank God for their life, but we don't see them anymore. We don't have them with us anymore. Many times, you know, that, those thoughts come in our lives when we start thinking about those of our dear ones who are not with us anymore. In many parts of the world, the Christians are persecuted. You know, you would have come across stories and news in the Bible. The church is burned. You know, so much is happening in, the, in, in this world today. In the whole history of mankind, Christianity suffered martyrdom. There are many people died for the sake of, you know, following Christ. Today, many families, you know, lost their loved ones suddenly 
because of the COVID situation. We have not seen that ever before in the recent history at least. Now such a tragedy is what is happening on the face of this earth. Where is hope? For those who believe in Jesus Christ, what he spoke in John chapter 14 verse 3, saying, I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. These scriptures, they give hope. <coughs> Excuse me. The followers of Jesus Christ. Now somebody may not be having everything that as we have, but they have a peace in their heart. They have a connection with God. They pray every day. They read the word. They pray. But for them, it's a great hope. It's a great confidence that Jesus is going to come back to this world. Later, Paul got this revelation and he was writing to the church in Thessalonica. We are just going to read the scriptures together again. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. You know, I, have, I remember reading these scriptures as we are about to bury somebody. When the whole family is, you know, mourning on the death of a dear one. We read the scriptures to bring courage and strength to them. Let's read that together. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Means those who have died. I don't want to be ignorant concerning them. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Don't worry. Don't cry. Don't, you know, live in sorrow as people are living there. They do not have hope. There is a reason why they cry. But you have hope in Lord Jesus Christ. And it continues, it says, verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep, those who have fallen asleep. Jesus is saying, do not worry about those who have died, even though they have died. When Jesus comes back, he is going to bring them along with him. Verse 15, for this way, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. We who are alive when Jesus is coming, you know, they take the priority. They will go first. Those who are died, they will rise again in Christ and they will go to him first. And then those who are alive, verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord therefore comfort one another you know I want you to remind I want you to remember one thing this morning you know this life that God has given us if this life is so great you know, it's not really worth living this life for 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years and disappear. God has not given that kind of life to us. God has given us life that is capable of living eternally, either in heaven or in hell. And the time that God has given us on this earth, God is asking us to decide where we want to spend our eternity. Here Paul is saying three things. Number one, if we can get that on the screen. Number one, he's saying the dead will rise and participate in the Lord's coming. How do we know? We believe what God says. That's how we know. Number two, the living will be returned with their loved ones forever. 
You know, if you ask me a question, do I see my loved one who died? You know, yes, if they believed in Christ and if they died, you will see them again. You will see them again. And third, thirdly, Paul is saying they will be together with the Lord forever in the eternity. You know, there is a caution here. It is an important message for our families this morning. It is important not to miss the opportunity to be with the Lord forever. Let's not miss this opportunity. Number two, it will be terrible one of our family member missing this opportunity while we are all living with the Lord and one of the family members suffering in hell. You know, that will be terrible. And God is giving us an opportunity. It is important that we all go to heaven. We all go to heaven. So disciples had a question, how? How can we go to heaven? How do we know where you are going? We don't know the way. How do we go? And the question, the final question that we need to ask this morning, do we know the way? Do we know the way? Verse 5, John chapter 14, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? How can we know the way? Jesus answered and said, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus is telling, you need to believe in me. My father's house, there are mansions. I go and prepare those mansions. And I know that you are not going to live in this earth forever and ever. There is a time that we all need to live from this face of this earth. But when we are living from the face of this earth, I have already prepared a place for you that you can come and you can stay with me. You know, what a blessing it is. What a life that, you know, that gives to all of us. When Jesus was born, I want you to listen to this carefully before I finish. When Jesus was born, he was the embodiment of heaven on earth. He was born and lived on the face of this earth as 100% God and 100% human. That's the time, that's why we wonder why Jesus ate, why Jesus said, I'm hungry, why Jesus said, you know, uh, why Jesus prayed to God because he was a hundred percentage human as well as he was a hundred percentage God, the creator of the universe. This is how we can say, all wrapped up in one human body as it was required for him to die at the cross as a propitiation for the forgiveness of our sins. Propitiation, that word simply means he is an act of gaining favor. Jesus came and died on the face of this earth, you know, gaining favor of God so that God may forgive mankind, God may forgive all of us. There is another great question of all the ages, but there is an answer too. Just want to throw that question for us. How can God, can we get that on the screen? How can God justly or how can God justify the ungodly, the sinners, and still be called as a just God? Are you getting that question? How can God justify the ungodly? You know, it's same as a judge is sitting there, somebody who is coming here with guilt, and probably he would have murdered 23 people. And judge is sitting there and he is there with so much of guilt in his life and the judge is saying you are forgiven you can go 
you are released. Can a judge say that? You know, he's supposed to hold the law. And if the judge says that tomorrow he is no more a judge, it's the same condition. How can God justify the ungodly, justify the wicked people, the sinners, and still be he called, still he be called a just God? How is it possible? And the answer is in 2 Corinthians 5.21. If you can read together 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him, for God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. That's what Bible says. God made Jesus sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The reason how God can justify us is because he took all the sin of mankind upon him. The sinless and the spotless one. You remember the birth of Lord Jesus Christ? He was not born in the way we are born today. His birth was different because God wanted to make sure that the sin that goes from one generation to other generation will not get into Jesus. That's the reason there was a virgin birth. Without the involvement of a man, Jesus was born. That's why we say Jesus is sin-free, Jesus is spot-free, blemishless. During his crucifixion, Pilate, the Roman emperor, said, I find no fault in this man. That's what he said. I find no fault in this man. You remember the heaven attested Lord Jesus Christ when he took baptism and father from heaven saying, he is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, I'm just trying to tell you the attributes of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the sinless man is made a sinner. Writer of Hebrews says, the holy, the blameless, the undefiled one is made sin for us. But he became sinful for us. How did it happen? How he made, how he became sinful for us, if we can get the slide, at the cross. Can you read that with me? At the cross, how Jesus became sinful for us. At the cross, the full fury of wrath of the sin of all the people who would ever believe him was poured on Jesus. At the cross, the sin, the fury of the wrath of God, wrath because of due to the sin of all the people who would ever believe in Lord Jesus Christ, everything was poured on him at the cross. He was not a sinner, but he was made a sinner because of the sin, pouring of sin of the whole mankind upon him. As Isaiah says in Isaiah 53 verse verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. The first healing is the healing of the soul. Our soul is healed by his stripes. By his stripes we are healed. Christ was offered once to bear the sin of many. That's what Hebrew says. The writer of Hebrew says. First Peter 2 we read, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, referring to the cross. Galatians 3 says, he became a curse for us. You know, can you imagine Jesus becoming a curse for us? He became a substitute for us at the cross. In our place, he died. He died in our place. 
he reconciled he reunited or he merged us with God by removing the separation you know remember garden of in the garden of Eden man sinned and from there onwards every generational generation after generation the generational sin is getting into the, all the newborns and when they grow up they will add a sin you know we all sin in many ways that's why we need a savior if we are not sinners we don't need Jesus we don't need a savior who is needs a physician who is sick not who is healthy we all need that savior and Jesus bled is able to forgive us because Jesus died at the cross God is able to forgive our sins you know this morning it's an important message because I need that forgiveness we all need that forgiveness let's read a couple of scriptures and close first John chapter 1 verse 9 says if we confess our sins he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness as Bible says without blood there is no forgiveness of sin you know that's where you remember you know that in the Old Testament days in the old history every year animals were sacrificed to shed its blood so that there is forgiveness but that blood could only forgive temporarily but when Jesus died at the cross and he shed his blood that blood has the ability to forgive all the mankind you know we are all sinners by nature Psalm 51 verse 5 David says behold I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me we are all born sinners we are all bunch of born sinners on the face of this earth but thank God that Jesus died having our sins forgiven is the only way to go to heaven and he was telling his disciples I am the way I'm going to die at the cross I'm going to shed my blood at the cross and I become the way and through me you can enter into heaven you know sinners are not going to be in heaven that's very obvious that's a message you know being a Christian generation after generation we cannot think that you know we can go to heaven being a Christian generation after generation we cannot assume that we are in heaven no 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 without with sin we cannot really go to heaven we our sins need to be forgiven revelation 25 20, 21 27 bible says reading from niv nothing impure will ever enter into heaven nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the lamb's book of life you know when you come through the way god writes our names in the in what is known as the book of life jesus came to this world shed his blood and he took all our sins upon him and he reconciled us with God and he opened the way for us to enter into eternity now Jesus is saying I am the way I am the truth I am the life no one can come to the Father except through me you know what an amazing God that we have on this earth as we live on this earth he not only prepares a place for us in heaven he also tells us how to go to heaven how to go to the eternal heaven now all that we need to do is we need to acknowledge and we need to believe the work that Jesus did at the cross you know our God is a very gentle God you know on the other day I was telling somebody God will not really push into our lives God is a gentle God we read this verse in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 Revelation 3 20 can you read together behold 
I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That simply means when we open our hearts, he will come into our lives. We need Jesus. We need him forever. And he comes into our lives. And there is a relationship that begins in our lives. He wants to establish that relationship with mankind. You know, as we know, Jesus did not come to establish a religion, but he came to establish that religious relationship with mankind so that we all will be reconciled with God. This morning, shall we just acknowledge his death and his resurrection? If we can all just stand for a moment.